Alright guys, and with that, we're going to get underway, so as you guys know, my name is James, and this is a very special episode, like they all are, of Project Esports Presents. Um, this is my mental break from studying for my midterm tomorrow. Um, I'm just kind of taking a bit of me time, going to rant for about 40 minutes about um, being a uh, amateur manager for a League of Legends team. Um, basically, uh, we, we titled this broadcast, or I have, um, so you want to start managing an esports team. Um, basically, I'm gonna what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna walk you around, walk you through the like trials and tribulations that you should probably expect to experience. Again, as as most know who listen to our podcast and anybody who's not who's turning turning in for the first time, um, my background with managing is solely League of Legends. Um, I can't totally speak for the amateur, uh, the other amateur esports teams. I know some are much more. What's the word I want to say? Forgiving than um, the League of Legends scene. But that being said. Um, Let's uh, let's get right into it. So, first thing, the first thing that you're gonna want to do as a manager is basically establish how much, how many staff you need, how many players you want, and how how um how intense your schedule is gonna be. So those are our big three points. So I'm just gonna kind of start for any of our uh, audio listeners. I'm gonna be kind of just doing a um a uh, a uh, word document basically on the stream um that being said i'm going to be uh vocalizing everything that i'm typing so um don't worry you're not left out of the loop i'm just kind of bringing it up as a visual document for myself and any of the viewers through uh, through twitch um so first we want staff we want players we want schedule so those are three so unfortunately for myself i had no idea how to do any of this i had no idea and I am a very good-looking man. I appreciate it there. Spicy big boy. Um, I didn't know how to do any of this. I had no idea. Um, a little bit of background about with my experience while I was a manager. Um, I applied to a team without a team as an analyst. Um, and basically got put right into the role of managing. Um, just basically was asked, hey, do you want to do you want to form our team by just being an analyst for a team that doesn't exist? Um, so me being the overconfident bastard that I am, I totally took that upon myself and said sure why the fuck not i'll do that um so from because of that i didn't know where to start i had no idea where to start so this is me kind of just like laying it for you where this is how you want to this is how you want to do things this is how i would do things in the future if i was to get back into managing which isn't totally off the table so for staff you want a couple things um Especially with amateur scenes, um, there's nothing wrong with somebody with no experience. Um, does it mean is it going to mean you're going to get top tier coaching? No, absolutely not. That's what kind of comes with experience. So, uh, or that yeah, that's what comes with experience over time. But that doesn't mean you're going to get it right away. So experience is a yes or no, not the end of the world. <sighs> So I, uh, with saying experience not being the end of the world, um, when you do, if you were looking to produce results and you're not looking to produ produce a learning environment, um, experience, lack of experience is going to bite you in the ass, um, like it is with anything. Um, but that's why, that's why we, that's why jobs have new hires. That's why people take risks. That's why people invest in people. Um, I, as an amateur team, I totally, 
I totally encourage you to just invest in somebody, work on them, develop them, try and um, find them resources to help them learn. Um, that's what you do as a manager because at the end of the day, your list of jobs isn't that really big once the once the team is up and running. Um, your it, it falls mainly on your staff and your uh, your players to perform. Um, you are basically the one that seeks them out and tries to develop them. So why not try and invest as much as you can into them? So experience, yes or no? Um, you do want a cohesive personality. That's what I'm gonna, I'll, I'll say cohesive and I'll put that in quotations. So what I mean by this, and I don't even think I'm using the word properly. I don't think I'm misspelling it too, Jesus. Yeah, okay, fuck it, whatever. Um, so what I mean by cohesive personality is somebody who is going to get along with you to the degree of a working relationship, much like a job and stuff like that. Um, but you want somebody who you share the same goals with, you share the same outcome with, you want to make sure that there isn't these massive differences in objectives that could create not only rifts between yourself, but rifts between them and the players that could reflect on performance. Um, you want to minimize all these things. You do want people on the same page. Um, now, do they need to totally line up and they got to be best buddies? No. In fact, that's kind of a detrimental thing. Um, you don't totally want that because if you're too close with staff, if they start underperforming, then you're in a position where, shit, this guy's my bro or this chick's my bro. I don't want to let them go um, because, you know, I'm too tight with them. So you need to walk that fine balance of, yes, you get along with them. Yes, you have the same goals. But at the same time, they're comfortable and they understand if you're penalizing them because they're not producing what they're literally there for, which is results, right? Or development, one of the two. Because, I mean, again, if you're just trying to create an environment where people want to learn, um, you need to make sure that that objective is being met, too. If, you know, like, and you want to make sure that the, the learning outcomes are being met as well. So that's what you need to work with. Um, now, moving aside from that, um, I think those are the big two things for staff. I'm sure there's some minor nuances but as as far as like the big two and where again i only have around 40 minutes to kind of crank this out um those are the two ones i want to speak to the final thing for staff is number of staff and um in more like for number of staff where the division of resources is going to go so basically do you want a head coach do you want a head coach and an assistant coach do you want an analyst do you need two analysts do you need hr do you need um you know a player liaison you know stuff like this um yes it is amateur that being said, there's nothing wrong with carrying yourself as a serious organization as a ma uh, as an amateur team. Um, my experience with Honor was great. Um, they did carry themselves incredibly serious. They did the they did the legwork to have these sort of things in place. And this is something that your amateur organization doesn't have. I do recommend trying to invest in it. Try and get somebody who, you know, somebody who's in college for or university for something orientated towards HR that, that they, you know, low. that they can kind of uh, offer their resources so you can have that resource for your players. Um, not every player is going to be super comfortable. One second. Charging battery. Not every not every player is going to be super comfortable coming to either their coach or their manager about a problem they may have with another player. They may have an, or they may have a problem with their with their you know personal life that they don't want to disclose to you guys, um, and that needs to be related in a proper manner. Um, so you need to want to see if you need to implement them <laughs> in the future. Um, as a manager, you don't bang e girls. Sorry, dude. That's for the players. You try and get them laid. You are, as a manager, you're the ultimate bro. 
you want you want to do the legwork for the guys so number of staff and uh, division um no not division what's the word i'm looking for resource management cool so that's what we're going to do with that that's how we're going to cover our staff um with those those three big points oh, jesus cool all right the next thing you want to look into is player recruitment um now like staff um you can usually if you know anybody in the amateur scene and they can provide you with resources such as discord service this is kind of what the amateur scene runs on i've rant and raved about this multiple times during the podcast amateur scenes run on discord because there are communities online that aren't super complex to set up they're pretty straightforward you can get in complex setting them up but most of the time you can find players um who want to who want to you know play in an amateur team try and get better try and get some exposure try and get some money um to, you know or just play competitively like some guys like some like bronze silver teams really really want to um you know just play competitively and play against another five team because you know um uh queuing up as a five-player team isn't a thing anymore in League of Legends. You can, but you might get against a team that's not five players. So this is where the amateur scene kind of comes in. Um, that being said, most of my most of what I'm going to be talking about is for like higher elo, so Diamond uh, Master. Um, unfortunately, my scope didn't range to Challenger. Um, I was still kind of getting in there while I was trying to like work, you know, build a, build a resume, I guess. Um, so, yeah, no. You want so for players and for staff, just kind of encompassing the two points is uh, finding the proper resources to recruit them. Now, unfortunately, this could be incredibly difficult. You um, you got to think the traditional ways of looking things up, and because we love it so much, we talk about Reddit on here all the time. Um, Reddit is a great um, a great resource for this. Um, that being said, it's finding the proper subreddit. It's you know, locating who you can talk to, where you're not going to get your posts deleted, stuff like that. Um, so you want to start there. That's never a bad place to start. Um, and then you can kind of work your way into these Discord servers should you have one of your staff being a resource. Um, I probably can provide the, the links for them. Um, yeah, I'll provide the links for them uh, post the show. Um, basically just in the in the chat for anybody who's interested um, that being said if you do go there and troll they're pretty quick on, on deleting people so I wouldn't even waste your time um, but yeah no those these things like I said are where these these environments are run on they're run on discord servers so you're gonna see you're gonna see coaches you're gonna see players looking to join teams um, unfortunately I wish I knew this when I got into this because basically when I went to recruit players I literally went down the leaderboard and messaged everybody individually on the lead client adding them hoping they'd accept my friend request and then talk to them from there and try and sell myself um did i i found this yielded good results because you developed a personal relationship with somebody really quick because they actually gave you the time of day and they wanted to hear you out i had a couple people tell me i was a bot um but yeah that's it's never a bad thing it's never a bad thing to try unconventional methods um with players there's a couple things you need to look for you need to look for um, like coaches, you need to look for co cohesive personalities or teammates that are going to work together. If you have an environment that has players who don't get along and not getting along for the wrong reasons, um, 
you're it's not good so you want to you want to flush out any major personality flaws now is that me sitting here saying that an elitist player is a bad player no absolutely not um a lot of like very confident and um elitist players are very good because they carry themselves in that way that's not what i'm saying um what i'm saying is you can't have toxicity in a team environment you can't there's like it's going to damn your team your results are going to be shit because players who want to play together typically perform better because the cohesiveness is already there they want to work together because they're you know they get along um if you eliminate that factor and you're running on solely on performance what you're basically turning your game to um is solo queue because your players aren't going to want to coordinate together they're not going to listen to their designated shot caller which is another thing i'm going to get into in a second um and they're not going to want to they're not going to care if they win sure it'll be great but they're like i mean you might get some players who are just as, just as comfortable uh, bringing other players down as they are with winning the game so these are players you want to avoid. You don't need that kind of environment in your team. That being said, if this guy is a stand-up player and your guys are okay and you're okay morally with like molding your team to these players, that's on you. That's your decision. And I'm not going to shit on anybody for who does that because that does yield results as well. Um, but it's something, in my opinion, is could be detrimental or it's going to cause an implosion um you're going to have one good split and then your team is basically going to fall apart um so and nobody wants that if you, especially if you want to try and get into this on a regular basis um so yeah those are the, you want to like i said flush out any major personality flaws um the next thing is to um for players is find vocal players um now vocal let's say okay correction vocal and non-vocal so what i mean by this vocal players and non-vocal players are both good things um the problem is if you have too much of one or too much of the other you're in trouble because if you have five shot callers it's going to be a shit show in your comms and you're not gonna your coach is gonna have a hell of a time trying to get these guys to sort themselves out because they're just going to want to talk over one another um you do get this with a class or a type personalities um basically players who know okay my call is right because i win games um so these monkeys need to listen to me um you need to make sure you're trying to flush that out and try and make sure that everyone's on the same page with the okay let's listen to the x or y player Typically in League of Legends, it's your jungler, or your support. Those are the two major vocal guys. Um, supports seem to be pretty comfortable with being vocal. Junglers, not so much, um, in my experience. Um, and that's not to shit talk any of my previous junglers or um, um, supports. That's just kind of what I've noticed. Um, I love, I've loved every pretty much every player that's coming in under my uh, under my team. So. Um, trust me, any, any, anything that I say about them is not, it doesn't mean any, or it's all meant with good intention. So, um, because you need the vocal players in two roles, you do need not to, like, to, like non-vocal players in the other three. Now, does that mean they can't talk at all? No, of course not. What I mean by non-vocal is relaying relevant information but not overpowering the general goal of the team you don't want if the if the team dynamic changes and how you need to win the game that's fine and if they help in identifying that that's also fine if your adc comes out of nowhere and steps up or your bot laner as of right now in the current meta if your bot laner steps up and says i can carry protect me um and that shifts the team dynamic there's nothing wrong with that that's fine um and if 
if that, that's somebody identifying a win condition and that's great um so what you want to do is you want to make sure that the, again going back to um the personality flaws you want to make sure these guys want to want to enable that other player to win the game you know what i mean there's nothing you know what it, like if your top laner gets shit on but he gets shit on because he's protecting the bot laner to basically carry the game that's okay you guys still got the w He's still got the W. Now, if he, sh he gets shit on because he's bad, that's something you got to look at. You got to look at performance-related issues. But if he's doing it, basically sacrificing himself, he dies every time, and he, your your bot laner gets a pentakill every time. You know, to me, that seems totally worth it. <laughs> and, I, and I'm sure many would agree, um, unless you're the top laner. Um, but... That's the kind of dynamic you, you want to see. That's like that's the environment you want to see that player being okay with being selfless for his teammate because you need that kind of uh, you you need that uh, you kind of need that environment for your team to succeed. Um, so yeah, that's the difference between vocal and non-vocal players. Um, the next thing is for players is wanting to improve. Um, now this seems pretty obvious. You, you most would think that you'd want to. You know, trying to prove you're playing in a competitive environment. I'm not going to answer that question. Um, so if they want to improve, they're going to put in their own personal time to try and work um, and try to improve and reach out resources that your main coach may not be able to provide. Um, there is specialty coaches that do exist um, in the amateur scene. Um, usually, it's general insight, but at the same time, um, you're you're as and don't and don't shit on your players wanting to find outside resources to, for coaching. Um, mainly because your head coach and your assistant coach or you're just your normal coach if you don't have a two-tiered system um, are probably going to be pretty busy trying to line up either scrims if that if that response was on them um, in my experience it shouldn't be because it should be up to the manager to coordinate that because again your list of shit to do is not that big um, so you want to if you can get some load off as a manager if you can get the load off for that player um, or for that coach that's awesome. Find him another coach, um, and find somebody that you can outsource, like you know, on a random Saturday or something like that. That's not a bad thing. It it, it takes some of the stress off your head coaches or your coaches in general, and you can develop a player at the same time. But that player needs to want to do that. That's my main point here. Um, they gotta want to seek out that help, or they gotta want to come to you for that. Um, there's nothing wrong with putting things in or implementing things for them um, to kind of. Um, set it up preemptively but it's not going to help if they sit there and they're basically they either bail because again disciplinary is a very hard thing to like you know enforce in the amateur scene because chances are that guy is three states or provinces away and you're never going to actually meet him in person if you meet him in person to lands then you can chew him out but lands are usually trying to get there trying to win and you kind of a lot of this stuff you kind of like let's let go to the wayside because you need to to kind of get the w um and because you're in person, people sink a ton of money to try and get the lands. Um, it's usually quite expensive. Um, so that's where you start making as a manager the proper decisions and what things you can let go and what things you can bring in to kind of, again, secure the win. Um, but as far as just a development time and like during this regular season and in the off season, you want these guys to want to improve. You want them trying to climb the ladder. You want them... Um, you know, working side by side with your coach and potentially re outsource coach, as well as your analyst, um, if there's some sort of session that you set up um, with them to try and improve. Um, so those are my major four points with players. Um, there is, like I said, just with staff, there is nitty gritty stuff that I, I, I would like to get into, but I just don't have the time for it. Um, and the final thing is, is your schedule. Um, 
the schedule actually i'm gonna add one thing too i'm gonna add one thing this is the last thing we're gonna go over is the organization itself that you're gonna be managing under um because you're not the owner <laughs> um so your schedule so with schedules um there's a couple aspects you need to look at you need to look at if you guys if you have the means of running your players five days a week if they want to be run five days a week um and if that's really feasible or in the best interest of the players if these guys are just hounds that want to play every day day in and day out which most guys in the competitive scene do because you know they want to get better they want to improve they want to make it to the academy they want to make it to the lcs um you usually kind of get that anyways they're usually on every day that being said though doing scrims and doing tournament games every night of the week is exhausting guys need mental breaks guys need social lives um despite the fact that the stigma is that you know league players or gamers in general um don't want social lives or don't care for them i mean you got family functions to go to at the very least at bare minimum um so you do need to accommodate that and you like scheduling for me was one of my biggest things to try and overcome scheduling seven people to nine people if you're counting subs and additional staff um it can be a nightmare it can be a nightmare um at, 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 mo at the highest point i had 10 players and six seven staff that i was trying to coordinate schedules for because uh we were running two teams at the, same, at the same time and it is it is daunting it is a lot to try and keep track of players and stuff like that and their schedules and their work schedules if they're changing throughout the week um so i do like with scheduling i recommend third party software slash spreadsheets they'll be your best friend third party schedule uh third party like software for this is the best way to do it you can adjust it on the fly you can just duplicate it or replicate it um basically just so if you do have a player that has a consistent schedule throughout the week um and it lets you have a visual something visual to keep track of your players and your staff um if you're trying to keep this all in your head it's not going to happen you're like there's too many people especially if you're a manager that's running two or three teams um which people do there is a organization right now in the amateur scene that has i believe three teams um we actually interviewed the uh the manager for them Isaio. um chrono it was an uh interview we did a little while back um this this guy stands on his head um so if you're in that in that space i i bet like i bet several canadian dollars that uh chrono's not just you know doing this out of his head if he is fucking power to him the dude's a genius um but that's 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 my uh that's my experience the 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 next thing is and for the players and staff and as well as yourself is a visual schedule for the team um basically not just coordinating the player schedule um but what you have planned for them what they're they expect in the coming weeks um so you need to basically have that you want to have that visual representation like you wanted for yourself for your players with the third party software your personal spreadsheets for the players and the staff as well you want to have them something so they can visually record reference and be like oh okay i have a scrim at like 8 p.m est um on thursday and i need to be ready for and i need to be on 15 to 20 minutes early so you want to have that you don't want to just have these updates like you know in your discord server like every every night basically giving it a rundown on like what you plan on doing with them you know what i mean you want you want to have this stuff laid out preemptively now that being said coordinating scrims isn't any joke easy either it's kind of difficult especially sometimes schedules in the amateur scene just don't line up um where it is something that a lot of people do for volunteer work and it's a lot of things people do in their free time 
usually as either full-time workers or students um it is kind of hard to get all these schedules to mesh up um that being said it seems like the amateur scene continues to grow and it doesn't want to stop I, mainly because of this massive vacuum that happened when we lost the challenger scene a couple years ago um so i think i think scheduling scrims isn't going to be terrible but scheduling scrims against a team that is your caliber or better, because that is what I recommend for most players, is scheduling teams that are on your level that will give you a run for your running, or te teams that won't totally blow you out of the water, but the odds aren't totally in your favor. It, it makes your players work, it makes your coach work. You need to try and find strategies to kind of overcome these. Um, so for that point is finding relevant scrimmages. Any team can go in there and shit on another team. Any any team can go in there and shit on another team and make them have a bad day. That's not helping you. That's not helping them. If you're walking right over them, it's like the same thing if your team got walked right over. It's a wake-up call? Yeah, but if the guys don't already know what they're getting into when they agree to the scrim, they're not going to want to play top tier. They're, that being said, if they think that winning is an achievable goal, that's a good thing. That's a great thing. Um, that's going to cause them to work harder. That, that's going to cause them to, to have that desire to win. So you need to really gauge this. You want to gauge this by solo queue ranks, um, by what they may have performed in like the the you know the amateur tournament that's going on at that moment, what their records like, stuff like that. Watching their vods if they are available. Most guys in the amateur scene don't get a chance to stream all their games. A lot of organizations have started running their own Twitch pages um, and basically streaming their players, which is great. It's awesome, um, and it's creating more of that you know lcs environment that you can actually watch replays of other teams and try and strategize against them um it's really cool because it's, it's growing the scene um but again you need that you need that team that you're scrimmage against to be relevant there's no point in running a all master challenger team against like a d5 d4 team that and it's not me shitting on d5 d4s i was d5 i was d4 um it's not me it's not me kicking those guys i'm saying that the level of coordination and the mechanical difference is almost to the point where it's so significant that it's not productive it's not going to be productive for you or your players or or morale morale like when guys constantly get shit on in scrimmages morale starts to do this one morale doing this one in a place where nobody's getting paid isn't good you want to keep morale up you want to keep that winning environment going because you see players get demoralized you see players getting poor head spaces um especially if they were like like i said before with the hr if they're already in a shitty spot potentially in life that they're going through a hard time and they start losing scrims that's just going to perpetuate it because this is what you set time inside to do in your night it's the same thing if you're raiding in warcraft and you can't get past the first boss in the dungeon or in the in the raid tier um and you have a bunch of other shit going on you're doing bad in school you're having a rough go that's going to make you not want to raid that's going to and losing in scrimmages is going to make you not want to play as well that's just and that's just that's just reality so relevant scrimmaging is the big thing um the next thing is and I'll probably I'll probably finish this on the uh, first schedule and move into organization is finding um, quasi nah, we'll go well organized tournaments slash leagues. So um, with this, because the amateur scene again is basically a lot of people say it's dying. I don't think it's dying. I really don't. I think this is something. I think we're in a growing phase of it for the second time around a lot of people thought that the amateur team would die with the challenger scene being like no more the challenger the challenger bracket um i guess i i've talked about i mentioned this a couple times but i guess i'll go kind of a little in depth with it um the challenger scene was previously um existing because 
um, you there was a chance of you getting relegated from the from the LCS. You had a chance of getting booted out, and one of these other teams that's worked their way up through the challenger team scene to basically take your spot. Um, now with franchising, that's kind of lost that. So a lot of guys are working towards like academy teams um, or academy positions, right? You want to get you or or teams in other regions. Um, I know one of the coaches that I, I socialized with a couple times um, is now the chief for an Oceanic team. Um, so it's not like it's not unachievable. I'm not saying this basically to just, you know, uh, shove, you know, uh, fucking false dreams up your ass. Um, th these are achievable things, especially for staff. Um, staff seem to have a bit of an easier time for it, um, mainly because, you know, staff, it doesn't require me mechanical prowess. Staff. You, uh, staffing um, roles basically is like a management position. If you can bring your, if you can bring, like if you took a managing course or you're, you know, you're a major in um, like business, you can, you can incorporate that into esports. You can make that work. Um, it's just, it's, it's a matter of selling yourself properly. So to get unsidetracked, back to finding well-organized tournaments and leagues, um, you want to find something that's stable, you want to find something that's consistent, and you want to find something that the staff are very vocal and very uh, good at communicating with uh, yourself, your players, and your coaches, um, as well as your organization. Um, you, and as well, you need to make sure that they are trustworthy as far as like money. You don't want to join an organization or not an organization story. You don't want to join a league that you're getting, you're putting either your money out or your organization's money out for that inevitably may fuck you over. If there's any sort of red flags that are popping up, like they're very spacey at replying. They take like longer than a day to get back to you because as I've mentioned, people live on discord servers for this scene. So nine times out of 10, if they don't, if they're not on the computer, they probably have it on their phone and they can reply to you mobily. Um, so you want to make sure that those are things you want to make sure that the the that their rules and regulations are very well laid out you need that kind of information should something go wrong should somebody get disconnected um should there be any sort of stream sniping if it is discovered um you need to make sure that those things uh have rules laid out against them um and a, a big thing is too is a lot of players when they sign up for um sign up for scrimmages or sign up for like kind of going back to scrimmage and tournaments as well is that sometimes life gets in the way you're not being paid most of the time 90 percent of the time you're not getting paid for this so if work calls you in or you have a family emergency or something like that and you just don't show up well you know who's who's on the hook does the game get rescheduled is this something that was pre uh, talked about previously that this was a potential uh issue that needs to be rescheduled or is it you know an awarded game for one team or the other this is the stuff that you need to make sure that this organization that you're um entering as a as a team uh has already previously laid out most of the, most of the ones i've dealt with so far are very good at what they're doing um I'm going to chuck up their links here at the end of this podcast, um, basically just to kind of go over uh, the, the ones that I would recommend um, in the amateur scene. If you, if any of our lovely listeners are debating trying to get into this, um, but yeah, finally, organization. Um, organization is a big thing um, because this is who you're representing. This is who people are going to associate you with. Um, with that, there is a lot of organizations that kind of just come up show up on the scene stay a split and then dip you know what i mean like uh that, that is, there is a pretty high chance of that happening um that being said if you want any sort of longevity if you want to establish a name for yourself um you want an organization that you want to back you know what i mean you don't want to jump in there 
be there for like a split and then the organization is shit um the you know the owner doesn't know what he's doing it's it's poorly coordinated um or it's run just by you as the manager and the owner is just kind of some dude that was just like yo i got a sick name um let's start this up you want your organization to have your back number one you want them to be able to support you and uh, agree with your decisions because again you're managing for them um you want them to agree with your decisions that you're making because you're the manager of the team um if they don't and if they're throwing you under the bus lever and center that's a, that's a sign that you need to get out of there like with anything else um it's you know i don't want to say it's abuse but i mean like it's basically being kicked every time that you try and do something good or you try and have a backbone don't stay people will take other organizations will take you in if you're good or if you want to learn that's the big thing too if you have a desire and an urge to learn just like staff experience isn't a big deal people will tell people if you sell yourself good enough people want to take you in that's what happened with me um if you sell yourself good enough and you present a good work ethic people will invest in you so and you want and you want to be investing in a good organization so you again you want organizations that will have your back you want organizations that are active discord social media etc you want people to have a presence you want to have a name you want to have like a brand i know i'm kind of getting down a rabbit hole of how to run an organization um but that being said you do want somebody who has some sort of visual representation in the community that has a twitter following that cares about the twitter following that um tries to develop a brand for themselves um because that's how you as a manager get recognized by other organizations that's how you build a resume because if you eventually want to go on to a um, lcs caliber team or a cb law team or uh opl team and they search you they search the organization you were associated with up um because you just spent like the last two years there and there's you can't find dick about them you need to you know you need to make sure that there's at least something for them to find especially if you're putting in links in your resume and stuff like that right so um that's never a bad thing i think i think for and from my personal opinion that is something that is a, a an image is a big deal um so yeah you want that and you finally you want somebody or uh, an organization that'll you so either help you or provide you with the proper resources to manage um if they want to you know pay for that software that you need to help run your team that's you know there's that's a possibility um if you you know you, if you need some backing you need somebody to step in for you that night um or you need somebody to pump out like you know uh some sort of social media presence like i said before um somebody coordinate that um somebody like hr coordinate between your team and your players or your organization and your players you want these resources there you want somebody like that that'll help you out as a manager because like i said before your list of stuff to do managing is usually pretty small it's keep everybody happy schedule discipline if necessary and um promote um those are usually your four big things if you start adding to that you start running into scary problems really quick um especially stress like stress related for yourself um because again most of the time you're not getting paid for this so if you're not getting paid for this you want to make sure that if you start getting like visibly stressed out and you start freaking out over this shit it's you know you gotta wonder is it when is it worth it you know what i mean so if you have an organization that backs you in this and says okay we recognize you're getting stressed out what can we do to help that's a really really big deal so 
hopefully this kind of overlay of all this stuff that I've kind of gone over tonight um, kind of gives you an idea or an insight to the amateur community. Um, again, I do recommend it being, becoming a part of it. It is a, it's a total blast, even if you just want to kind of watch it. Um, I'm going to check some links, like I said, in chat in a second, basically so you can kind of go over and see. Um, but just to recap, these are the things that I've, I've brought up tonight um, and I've rounded up in a decent amount of time. Um, for staff, you... You, you pick and choose if you want experience or not and what kind of environment you want to breed because of that experience either you want to develop or you want results or you want both and you want to find a nice mix of the two there's nothing wrong with that you want somebody who's cohesive somebody that works with you but isn't your best friend and is okay with criticism but at the same time isn't questioning your judgment at every turn um you need to figure out how many of those staff you need um what kind of organ like how big of an organization you want to build do you want to start small and work your way up um do you want to, do you have one guy that you trust can do everything stuff like that um with moving on to players you want the you want to find the proper resources on how to get those players that's step number one and then moving on from that you need to flesh out the major personality flaws hopefully early um especially if you look into a contract system um you need to flush that out early so you don't you aren't stuck with a bad player who's going to demoralize your team um and i don't mean bad skill i mean bad like person um then you need to find both vocal and non-vocal players for each of the roles identify what your team dynamic is going to be and base your decisions on the vocal the vocality i no, that's not right um decide how vocal you want that player to be um, and if, and if you want your whole team to be vocal or you want none of your guys to talk, that's your call. You're the manager. It's up to you. Um, and then again, the final thing for players is wanting to improve. You want them to have the desire to like improve in their free time. And when you're playing scrims and, uh, and tournament matches, moving on to schedule, you need to find something that's going to help you manage all the schedules of your staff and players. Um, you need something, you need a visual reference. It'll, it'll help you in like, like it's an unmatched resource. Um, then you want a visual schedule for the team and the players, something that they can look ahead and be like, okay, I have X, Y, and Z planned for the next three days. Um, I have Saturday off sick. I can go get drunk. Um, you know, or I can spend the whole night still playing solo cube. Who gives a fuck? It's their day off. Um, then you want to find relevant scrimmages for your team. You want to find a game. The teams, like I said, are either your skill or slightly better to yield that good result for both for both teams if it's an evenly matched team perfect if it's somebody who's slightly better who has a higher chance of winning but you know achieving victory isn't totally out the window that's good too because it you know it's in your grasp finding a team that isn't relevant and is somebody who you're going to either walk on or get totally walked on doesn't benefit anybody um and then finally for schedule finding an organized uh a well-organized tournament or league to devote your schedule to and to work your schedule around um, and then the last part is organization. You want an organization that has your back as a manager, that support your decisions, that trust your decisions, unless they're shit, and then by all means, they have every right to kick you. Um, but you, but if you are making good decisions and you know you are and you can justify them, you want your man, your organization to back you as well in that decision. Um, then and next again, you want them to be active. You want them to have a social media presence. You want them to be active in your Discord. You want to be the, the, them actively interacting with your players in the Twitch chat of the league that's going on that night that your that your team is playing in. You want to see that sort of big visual representation for the other rest of the teams for that stuff they want to be like oh shit this this managers or this team's you know staff really care about them because they're in twitch chat they're spamming memes they're you know going crazy when their guys make great plays you want that you know what i mean you want to be a part of that um and then finally you want them to help you and provide you with proper resources that you need to do your job properly um whether it is finding extra resources for staff um maybe pointing you in the right direction um 
providing you with the proper resources to promote yourself, promote the team, everything. You need that. You need these kind of things in place to do your job properly. So guys, um, with that, that kind of wraps it up for me. Um, I don't think I breathed that much in this entire presentation. So I'm going to take a couple deep breaths and get back to studying. With that, thank you so much uh, for this week's episode of Project Esports Presents. Um, I don't know what we have in store for next week on Thursday. Uh, I'm sure you'll hear about us on Monday when we go live at, for anybody who's, any of the Canadian viewers who are watching that are Atlantic time, aka only Nova Scotia, um, we go live at 8.30 uh, p.m. and then basically work your way back from there. Standard is, uh, is 7.30 Eastern, uh, 6.30 Central. Um, yeah, with that guys, have a great night.